The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hebrews chapter 13 from verse 5. I want to bring this um, teaching on intervention to a close this day. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. You don't have to have everything yet. Be content with what you have. And this is the reason why I want you to be content. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Praise God. Can somebody declare that with us this morning? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man or what can man do to me. Say it one more time. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Or like we will say it in our day, what man can do to me. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. That's the word of God to us. I will always be there for you. Hallelujah. And I want that to resound in your heart this morning. God never leaves his people. God never forsakes us. It's a big part of what we've been emphasizing as we talk about intervention. Hallelujah. Sometimes when people share their testimonies, it, it amazes me how easy it is for God to change our lives. Sometimes, like the brother that talked about the company that moved paying him from Naira to dollars. I mean, you know your life will never be the same. Even if you're doing increase your, <laughs> your, your pay. Because based on the devaluation of the Naira that is going on already, you have already moved forward. Hallelujah. And I wonder how many months ago they could have done that. He said he's been working for that company for years. I wonder how many years ago that could have been done. But a time came, and I also emphasize this a lot in the teaching, God is never late. He is never late. Why that didn't happen in January, I don't know. Why it didn't happen five years ago, I don't know. But that time came, and I mean, from what he, he testified, probably when he needed it the most. I'm not saying he didn't need money in the past, but the good news is that change of story came at this time. That intervention came at this time, and it's made all the difference for him. Hallelujah. And that's what this scripture here is telling us. When it tells us to be content with what you have and where you are, um, God knows that things may not be perfect for you or things may be difficult for you at different times. The other day we talked about how it, it seems um, God's word may not come like the story of Lazarus. Ah, they sent word to Jesus. Lazarus is dying. Jesus delayed his coming by four days. And 
when Jesus finally arrived after the four days, they thought he came too late. He told them, I'm never late. Moses stepped out to begin to fulfill his destiny as the deliverer of, of, of Israel from Egypt 40 years early, or probably the way he was thinking, when God finally now called him to go back to deliver the children, it was 40 years later. But it was never too late. The promise of God to deliver the children of Israel under the bondage of Egypt, God told Abraham, it will be 400 years later. And like I said, whether it's four days or 40 years or 400 years, or whether it's a matter of months or a matter of weeks or a matter of years for you and I, in whatever, I need you to catch this very simply this morning, in whatever phase of life you are in, whatever it is you are going through, God never leaves you, God never forsakes you. Hallelujah. And he's telling you that regardless of the situation or the circumstances, just because you know he is there with you, you should exercise contentment with where you are and what you have. That is not to say you should not have dreams. That is not to say you should not have goals. That is not to say you should not aspire for bigger things. But don't let the pressure of whatever you are going through push you to do something that you will regret for the rest of your life. Am I talking to somebody this morning? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be content with what you have. Don't be afraid of what life or what men throw against you. What you, you need to tell yourself is God is with me. We spoke about Hannah the other day. Year after year after year after year, she wanted a child. And to make matters worse, her husband's other wife already had several children. And of course, she was in a very difficult situation, very desperate situation. And like I shared with you, her husband, he just helped her to change her perspective. You can go about living life and making it all about what you don't have. The children I don't have. The husband I don't have. The money I don't have. The promotion I don't have. The promises of God that I've been holding on to that have not yet manifested. And that's how I was living for a moment. And one day her husband, who was like a representation of God. The scripture says your husband is your maker. God is like a husband figure to us. And he came to her and told her, why are you living life with a wrong perspective? I know you don't have children yet. But be content with what you have. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Don't be afraid that you are childless. Then he told her, am I not worth much more to you than ten sons? <laughs> that's the perspective to have. God that is with me, that never leaves me, praise God, that never forsakes me, that never abandons me, it's worth much more to me, ten times much more than the money I don't have yet or the husband I don't have yet or the promotion I don't have yet. And it was that change in perspective that really turned everything around for the story of Anna. It now encouraged her to go back to the prayer altar or 
the Bible had not told us she was been praying. She had been praying before them. I'm assuming she had been praying, and maybe she just drew back in prayer, and she now went to pray. And that prophet came and declared over her, you have your miracle. And the year after, she had her first child. Sacrificed him to God and had several other children. And when the full picture was now unveiled, it wasn't that God abandoned her. It wasn't that God had forsaken her. It was that God was waiting for a specific time to introduce a new priest or prophet over the nation. And God had chosen her to be the mother of that person. She gave birth to Samuel. So she was actually in the center of God's will in a position with a bigger picture that God had planned for her than her circumstances and her situation was depicted. Similar story to the case of Elizabeth and Zechariah. Serving, 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 and for years, no child. And it looked like God had forsaken. In fact, I think Zechariah had come to that conclusion. But then God had a bigger plan for them than they could imagine because God wanted them to be the father of the forerunner of Jesus. Is somebody here with us this morning? Hallelujah. I want to assure you again, God has not forgotten you. <laughs> God has not forgotten us in Nigeria. Praise God. That doesn't mean that we don't have challenges. That doesn't mean we don't have to go through the challenge. No. But our husband that is with us is ten times better, praise God, than whatever it is that we are looking for. And if we hold on to God and stay with God in his time and in the perfect time, because he's never late, hallelujah, he's going to make all things beautiful for us. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody here this morning? I'm telling you, God is going to beautify your life. God is going to decorate your life. God is going to make you better. He's going to make you happier. He's going to make you richer. He's going to make you more fruitful. Things are going to get better and better for you. Hallelujah. This morning, I want to remind us and reestablish in us again three vital areas that God has already intervened. I want you to see it as portals of God's divine intervention already in our lives. You know what I mean by a portal? Let me use the word a doorway. A contact point. A place you can go to to engage something that is available to you. So you want to leave this auditorium and you want to go outside of this building, you can go through this portal or that portal, that doorway, and you can engage with whatever is available outside. We are people that God always resides with. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And God has deposited certain portals for us, doorways for us where we can always access his intervention. That doesn't mean things will necessarily happen when we want it to happen. Oh, that's beautiful. When, I mean, you pray and before you finish praying, boom, the answer has already showed up. And we enjoy that. In fact, there are many things we enjoy from God we don't even pray about. We just have to give God thanks and appreciate him. If we think smartly enough, you wake up in the morning, you are healthy, you should thank God. 
you open your eyes and you can see, you should thank God. Your ear is working. Glory be to God. Your liver is working. Glory be to God. Those are things that God is already doing for you. Hallelujah. On a consistent, faithful basis. You make it to the last Sunday of another month. Glory be to God. So he's already doing all those things. And we should be grateful and thankful for that. Are you with me this morning? But of course, on a practical day-to-day living level, we also want other things beyond those day-to-day things that God does for us. Like giving us breath, giving us health, making us healthy, protecting us, preserving us. So yeah, we want to have children. We want to get married. We want to build houses. We want to do all those things. And when we find ourselves in times and seasons where we've not seen those things, we should not, like Anna, begin to interpret it as if, like it was written in the scripture of God that closed the womb. That's how you, you find those things written like that in the Old Testament. And it reads as if God was doing something negative or God was withholding something positive, which is not really the picture. And that's how people thought in those days. You need to know that God is right there with you. Hallelujah. And engage the portals or the doorways that are available to you. Somebody say available to me. Right there and then for his intervention. Because God is going to intervene. Hallelujah. Praise God. Portal one, very simple and very basic, the word of God. Go to Psalm 107 with me. The word of God. Hallelujah. I love the way the psalmist recorded it here. Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word. Hallelujah. He sent his word. And healed them. This is God intervening by his word. Bringing healing by his word. Not only did he heal them, he delivered them. God intervening, bringing deliverance. How? By the word. He sent his word. God is sending his word to somebody this day. God is sending his word to somebody this season. The very word you need to hear. The very revelation you need to embrace. You see, when Elkanah told Anna, am I not much more to you than ten sons? I mean, that was a word that transformed her. All of a sudden, the glass of her life or the perspective she had, the way she was looking at life was, it was not, not half empty anymore. I'm not a woman that is childless. I'm a woman that has a very loving husband. And he's worth much more to me than ten sons. You know, they say perspective is everything. Sent his word. He intervened by his word. And it brought healing. Glory be to God. Somebody received healing from God this morning. He brought deliverance. Somebody received deliverance from God this morning. Hallelujah. 
Read on with me very, very quickly this morning. Deliver them from their destruction. There were things arrayed against them that would destroy them, destroy their health, destroy their marriages, destroy their nation, destroy their careers. It looked like. But God intervened. Hallelujah. And I love what verse 21 tells us. You see, what I'm trying to show you this morning is once you have that right perspective, I will keep using that analogy. I'm not a woman without children. I'm a woman that has a loving husband that is worth much more than 10 sons. I'm not someone that doesn't have money. I'm one that has a God that became poor for me, that I may be rich through his riches. Hallelujah. So I'm not abandoned. I'm not forsaken. I'm not left alone. And you understand that the word of God is a portal of, inverse, um, of intervention. You go into the word. You receive the word. You spend time with the word. You embrace the word. And while you are doing that, and while you are standing on the word, believing the word, confessing that word, holding on to that word, what should you do? You begin to praise God and thank God. That was what, one of the things we emphasized last Sunday. How Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah were able to activate intervention when those nations came against them. Verse 21. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Can somebody shout with faith this morning, God is good to me. God is wonderful to me. God is loving to me. God is kind to me. So I will give him praise and I will give him thanks. Let men give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Hallelujah. That's an attitude and a posture you should have when you are someone that has received the word or expecting to receive the word. Hallelujah. Which is where you should be and where you should stand if you are someone that knows God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. God intervenes in my situations. Somebody that is here with me, shout a loud amen. amen. Hallelujah. The word is a portal of intervention. It's a doorway of intervention. Divine intervention. It's a place I can go. It's a place I can visit. It's a place I can abide. It's a place I can stay. It's a place I can stand on when I'm trusting God for intervention. Hallelujah. And how beautiful when you find the right word. When you hold on to the right word. How wonderful when you can put that word in your mouth. And you can. I've been teaching us that for several weeks. Particularly by the help of the Holy Ghost. Because when the Holy Ghost speaks, he's speaking the very word of God. Can I hear somebody shout intervention? Say intervention with speed. That is my portion. Hallelujah. I know you've had this in this church. If you've had it once, you've had it a thousand times. I will say it to you again. Hold on to the word. The written word the spoken word, the prophetic word, I'm again reiterating things we've been saying, 
the words of the Spirit in your mouth, any manner, shape, or form of the word that you can access, it brings intervention. And hold on to it with joy and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Please, please hear me. Oh, hear me. Hear me very well. Look, we are human beings. And when we teach and say these things, we are not saying that you will be like this 24-7. No. Like um, the lady that testified the other day that her house, it looked as if her house was about to burn. And she didn't even know what else to do. There may be moments like that where life hits you that you've forgotten anything. But when you gather yourself together after, <laughs> go back to the word. Hello, somebody. You've forgotten that you should praise God. You're like disciples when the storm came. Jesus asked them, where is your faith? They had, for, they, had, they had even forgotten they had faith. They thought they were going to die. After you have had the rebuke, or maybe you came to church on Sunday morning and pastor now reminded you you should go back to the world. You go back. That, that word hasn't changed. Glory be to God. The intervention is still available. I, I love what he said here. Please, let's study this scripture very well because sometimes when we teach people about the word, they think because they have not been consistent, it will not work for them. Or because they are not perfect, it will not work for them. Or because they've done something wrong, it will not work for them. No! The psalm even said so. Look at the previous verses, verse 17. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their inequities were afflicted. Even if you have been a fool, I'm here to tell you this morning, the word will work for you. Hallelujah. Even if you have transgressed, I'm here to tell you the word will work for you. In fact, you are the one the word is most designed to work for. I mean, read, read this story. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities. This is a for warfare trouble. Okay, none of, not all of you are Yorubas. Trouble that I invited into my life because of my foolishness. Have you been there before? Don't move too much. The one I'm talking about you. Look at verse 18. Their soul abhorred all manner of food. They drew near the gates of death. In other words, they were eating food that God told them not to eat, doing things that God told them not to do. And it was in that state, verse 19, they now cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them, hallelujah, out of their distress. He intervened at the very nick of time by sending his word. Glory be to God. So this is not a word for just the spiritual Jim Jim brethren. Of course, spiritual Jim Jim people need to stay in the world. But even if you have made a mistake, even if you have transgressed, even if you have walked away from God, the word always works. And I'm telling you, it will work for you. It will work for you. This day, the word will work for you. This week, the word will work for you. The word of healing will work for you. The word of prosperity will work for you. The word of increase will work for you. The word of acceleration will work for you. The word of intervention will work for you. Glory be to God. As long as it is the word of God. Praise God forevermore. Somebody's story is changing already. If you know that is you, lift your hands and just give God a praise break for one minute. Just take a praise break and give him, oh, that men will praise the Lord. Oh, that men will praise the Lord. Come on, give him praise. You don't have to praise God for one minute. I don't think you guys know how long a minute is. 
Give him praise, 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 give him praise. Thank you, Father. Give him praise, give him praise. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Look at intervention portal number two, John chapter 14. And this is so beautiful. These are simple things we can walk in and we can remind ourselves of because we know God never leaves us, God never forsakes us, and God intervenes and will intervene on our behalf. Can somebody shout, we know? Say with me, I know the word works. I can't hear you. Say, I know the word works. And I know the word of God works for me. I know the word of God heals. I know the word of God delivers. I know the word of God opens doors and it works for me. In fact, before we do John 15, Romans. Glory, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Eh. Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. Eh. It's the sound of victory. Romans, Romans. Is that the time? Okay. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. I'm trying not to keep us longer than I need to. Romans 5 and 6. Can I hear somebody shout intervention again today? For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I mean, there is no better example or illustration of intervention than the cross of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody do this with me. Say the cross of Jesus Christ. Just do that across the head. The cross of Jesus Christ. Every time you see that cross and every time you remember that cross, just, somebody, just know that's intervention. There is no better example or better illustration or better story of intervention than the cross of Jesus Christ. While we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. Verse 8, but God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ intervened for us. Hallelujah. Christ died for us. He intervened. Much more, verse 9, much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Remember this story in the wilderness. I don't want to open to it and talk about it and read through it because of time. But we're all familiar with the story. The, the wilderness church. Where the people were grumbling and murmuring. And the Bible said serpents came out. God allowed serpents to come out to bite the people and they were dying. And God told um, Moses to, to make a, a serpent. Kill a serpent on a brazen cross and lift it up. And everyone that looks to it. They will be saved and they will be delivered. Remember that story, somebody? That was a type of Christ. 
the ultimate example, the ultimate story, the ultimate illustration that God intervenes and will forever intervene in our life affairs. Notice what he said there. He died while we are yet sinners. Much more, now that we are saved, we will always enjoy the benefits of his death on the cross. Hallelujah. So number two portal of our intervention is a revelation of our salvation. You can just say salvation for short. The salvation that is available to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the next doorway we should always walk into or the portal we should always go through. And I love the way Apostle Paul taught it in Ephesians chapter 6 when he taught about the armor of God, putting on the armor of God. He said we should put on salvation like a helmet. Wear your salvation on your head. Carry it on your head. Remember who you are. Hallelujah. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. I am bought by the blood of Jesus. I am washed by the blood of Jesus. I am healed by the blood of Jesus. You carry it on your head. You know, we sing that song. See the way you love me. See the way you, you carry my matter for your head. You to carry the revelation of salvation on your head. Hallelujah. Particularly when you are in trouble. In the darkest hour of night where you need help the most. Carry salvation on your head. Oh, hallelujah. It may not look like it, but I'm a saved man. I'm a helped man. I'm a healed man. And it's not just salvation from sin. I believe you know that already. Help me elbow your neighbor this morning. I say, do you know that salvation goes beyond sin? It's everything. Health, finances, riches, national recovery. Hallelujah. The psalmist said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven. He said, if they, if they will seek me, turn from the wicked, I will hear from I will heal their land. So God is not just interested in healing us as individuals, healing our families. Hello? It can extend to our nation. Peter said the gift of the promise of God, which is part of the package of salvation, is for you and your children and your children's children. Glory be to God. It extends. Hallelujah. And when we carry that revelation of our salvation on our heads, in our hearts, in our minds, we are positioning ourselves, walking through a portal, a doorway for God's divine intervention. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Daniel's friends, in the story about the Hebrew children in Babylon, they understood what we are talking about here this morning. We talked about their story the other day. When they reported them to the king, they will not bow to your image. The king called them, is it true you will not bow to my image? He said, ah, king, we are not afraid to hear you in this matter. God is going to intervene. We are carrying his salvation ahead. He will save us. Somebody should learn to look at trouble when trouble shows that your door mouth or your door mouth or your doorstep. <laughs> Depending on the version you want. And you point to that need. Say, God will save me. 
You point to sickness, say, God will save me. You point to darkness and say, God will save me from you. He said, I'm not afraid. Hallelujah. Going back to the scripture we started from. Be content with what you have. God will never leave you. God will never. So God is our help. We can boldly say, King Nebuchadnezzar, God will save us. Even if he does not save us, we are not going to bow. Because we trust him. Did God intervene for them or not? Somebody talk to me. Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is that the same God you serve? Carry your salvation. Wear it like a helmet. Hallelujah. Somebody do this. I carry my salvation on my head. I'm conscious of it. Everywhere I go, I'm wearing it. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Is somebody being helped this morning? Let's go to the third one and then we'll wrap up this morning. John chapter 14 right now. So we see God intervening through his word. We see God intervening through the cross. Bringing us salvation. God is stepping in into man's affairs. That's what this thing is. We need help. Am I talking to people that need help? You've done all you know to do naturally. You don't seem to, to be there's a solution. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. That is the song. That is the spirit. That is the revelation. When all natural options don't seem to be working, we don't despair. We don't lose hope. We have a God that said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we stay in the word. We carry our helmet up. We carry salvation like a helmet. Hallelujah. And this is the third one. I'm sure you know it already. We flogged it over and over in church. John 14, 16. Glory, 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 glory be to God. And I will pray the Father, Jesus speaking, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you for how long? I can't hear you. For how long? Who is he talking about? The spirit of truth. Hallelujah. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Can I hear somebody shout, I know the Holy Spirit. Say, I know him. How do I know him? How can I say I know him? Because he dwells with me. And he will be in you. Hallelujah. This is the third intervention portal. That's the Holy Spirit that God has put within every believer. That is God intervening in your finances. How? When he puts the Holy Spirit inside of you. That is God intervening in your health. When he puts the Holy Spirit inside of you. That is God intervening in your marriage. Not just when he sent you his word. Powerful portal of intervention. Not just when he saved you through his son dying on the cross. Powerful portal. This is Jesus now about to leave. And he told them, this is not the end of the story. In fact, this is the opening of another chapter. And this is the final chapter. And this is the greatest chapter. 
I will send you another helper from God. I will pray the Father. He will send you the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Intervention. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. My spirit will dwell with you. Glory, glory be to God. Show me a believer that knows that the Holy Spirit dwells in him. I will show you a person that knows he's never alone. Show me a believer that believes in the power of the Holy Ghost in him, the wisdom of the Holy Ghost in him. I will show you someone that knows no matter the challenge that comes, I will always win. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It doesn't mean there will be no challenges, oh. Hello? It means I have a portal. I have a doorway. That when I need God to manifest and show himself strong, I know where to go. Am I talking to you this morning? I love this analogy Jesus gave us in John 14. And this is what we're going to close with this morning. Look at that next verse in verse 18. This is it. This is it. Hallelujah. Can I hear somebody shout intervention? intervention. This is it. And he's saying this verse in reference to the Holy Spirit. I will not leave you as orphans. Hallelujah. Who is an orphan? Someone that the parents have left them. Perhaps without wanting to leave them. So there's nobody to provide for their feeding anymore. Somebody say, that's not me. There's nobody to help them with the basic necessities of life. Shelter is no longer available. Feeding is no longer there. House, clothing is no longer there. School is no longer there. Praise God, praise God. I believe it's the King James that says, give us King James, I will not leave you. I love this other interpretation of it, comfortless. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is there anything discomforting you, giving you stress, not making you enjoy your life? Just say, no, that's not a position I want you to be at all. Again, it's referencing the Holy Ghost. I will come, I will intervene. How? By my spirit. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory be to God. I declare over somebody, your story is changing this morning. Your situations are working out for good. Things are going to get brighter. Things are going to get better. Things are going to get smoother. Answers are going to come. I want us to milk... I think it was Brother David's testimony this, this morning. As simple as that testimony is. See, this is why, and I told them, we want to be sharing. And I know some of you, some of your testimonies, you may not want to make it public yet. Someone sent me an amazing testimony last Sunday. And there's some testimonies you need to give some time before you start announcing the public. I know that. But just let us know. There's even something it does to the pastor, the person ministering. Because there's something about God confirming his word. Hallelujah. 
And like we always say, when God is visiting your neighbor, it means what? God is in your neighborhood. It's in the neighborhood. I mean, this is a testimony of provision. Provision. That is God not leaving you comfortless. The challenge was there. We need to pay rent. We need to pay school fees. But there's an opportunity that was in his life. Probably has been there since five years. Because he said he has been working with them five years. But in its time, God makes all things beautiful. And receiving income in Naira became receiving income in dollars. Tithing in Naira became tithing in dollars. Interestingly, I was looking at the account statement. And I saw that the dollar account, maybe it's your tithe that pushed that dollar account up. I, don't I was going to ask them, but I forgot. Hallelujah. You know God can meet everybody's need here. Listen to me, everybody. Every financial need. Let's rise on our feet this morning. And he doesn't have to do it with dollars, though. He can do it with dollars. Amen. <laughs> I read a story about a businessman. Was it this week? And they were saying that there are some business transactions he was doing that they were paying him with gold bars. God is not limited to Naira or dollar. Now, I don't know what you would do with gold bars after you get it, but I sure would like to get it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Can somebody shout intervention? intervention? In its simplest of meanings, it means you need to pay certain bills, you don't have the money, and then somehow, somehow, God steps in. Because when you don't have the money to pay bills, you know you are, com you are comfortless. Am I, am I making sense? But he told us, hey, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Hallelujah. I'm not going to leave you without your comfort. I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. Don't have a Hannah complex. Again, if you follow the teaching, I don't have that honor complex that because you don't have a child, you've forgotten that you have a husband that loves you. Forgotten things that God is already doing in your life. Am I teaching this morning? You've forgotten portals of intervention that God has already placed in your life. Man, you can walk into this portal of the Holy Ghost. Just be praying in the Spirit, be speaking in the Spirit. That's how you walk through the portal, the doorway of the Holy Ghost. And if you have revelation that the Holy Ghost has come to intervene so that you will never be comfortless. Hallelujah. I mean, it's right there. I will come. But I'm not going to come in. I'm going to come by my spirit. And when I come by my spirit, what was giving you stress, I will deal with it. Hey. Listen to me. Things are not really as bad as they look. Even for Nigeria, things are not what? That doesn't mean we are denying that things are bad, though. But I'm telling you, with God, <laughs> things are never what? And I'll tell you something else. With God, things are far better than they look. You've not seen the best of God yet. You've not seen the greatest of God yet. You've not tasted the best of his love yet. but embrace the portal of his intervention. 
come to that place where God can engage you. Which place? Are in his word. Hallelujah. At the cross. That's where we come to. In the spirit. Does somebody get these three portals? Say in his word. At the cross. In the spirit. Say it again. In the word. At the cross. In the spirit. Look, I'm telling you, intervention is waiting for you there. In his word. At the cross. In the spirit. Or if you prefer, by the spirit. Hallelujah. Somebody say, intervention awaits me. I don't know about you, me, I like science fiction movies. That's why I'm using the word portal. And one of the very first science fiction movies I watched was Back to the Future. I won't ask how many people you have seen it. But the story is about one scientist that created a car. Please hear me and hear me very well. Because sometimes these things, they, they, they can relate. And you can interject them into scriptural teaching. And at a particular speed, I believe it was 80 miles per hour. Because of the technology that has been inside the car, when you drive at that speed, this car can travel in time. <laughs> stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. The first time they used it was by accident. In the story. They stole plutonium from some terrorists. <laughs> the terrorists told them to make a bomb for them. The scientists now took it and used it to do his tra travel machine. Then the terrorists now came and the guy, they were now speeding. He had forgotten and his life was in danger. And boom! He just traveled back in time. That's what I mean by a portal. That car was a portal. It was a time travel portal. It's if you get into that car and certain conditions are in place, like speeding. If, if you are driving at 20 kilometers per hour, the portal will not work. The car can transport you in time, but only at minimum of 80 miles per hour. And I like the fact, the fact that it even happened by accident. You know, sometimes some of the things God gives us, we stumble on them. They are there, but we don't really have the light and revelation, but a terrorist is chasing you and you know, <laughs> maybe financial debt is chasing you and you now stumble. <laughs> stumble. Are you following me this morning? I'm telling somebody here under the sound of my voice. This season of your life, starting now in this service, God is about to step in and change your story. And I'm giving you three doorways or portals. The word of God, the cross of Jesus or your salvation, and the precious Holy Spirit. These are not strange things to you. They are things you know about. If you will just engage these doorways or portals with the right, right attitude, right fervency, faith, worship, believing that God will do what he said, in a moment things can change for you. Hallelujah. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station. 
First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.